You're listening to the Horror Game and Friends Podcast. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Horror Cave and Friends podcast. I am your host, Chad, and today we are finally doing the episode that you guys have all been requesting and been waiting for. Um, in the meantime, as you know, we haven't been able to get any special guests on due to the writer's um, strike and all that stuff. I'm not going to get too much into that, um, but that is you know, the reason why we haven't been able to have a special guest on. But hopefully, as soon as all of that is resolved, we will have more interviews. But in the meantime... Um, an episode that I've been wanting to do for a really long time, especially with my brother, who's a uh, guest on today, is True Crime Roulette. If you remember, we did one a while ago where I find a true crime story and my guest or, uh, you know, they, they'll find one as well. And then we share it to each other, but we can't tell each other what it is until the day of recording when we're recording. That's how I find out. That's how they find out, uh, which makes this, you know, really, really fun. So... Um, I want to introduce my guest, none other than my brother. Hello. <laughs> um, so I have my story. He has his. Um, and I'm going to go first on mine. I wanted to find something um, that was popular, but not too popular. I didn't want to do something like Ted Bundy or, you know, something that you guys see all over Netflix, even though, okay, granted, this one has a Netflix documentary, but it really didn't get any attention at all until this came out um and it's still one of those stories that when you hear it not many people really know about it um and that is the pizza caller bomb or the pizza caller heist whatever you want to call it um this story is really crazy um, i don't think you've ever heard of this one before huh no this is my first time actually hearing about it so this this one is crazy um if you guys want to you know check this out after i tell you um it's on netflix it's called evil genius um it's a really good it's like a four-part documentary series it's a really really good um you know show uh so if you guys like i said want to see more information and all this stuff after i share um then go for it because it, it really deep dives into it and it goes into like everything it, it's really crazy so getting into my story um this all occurred in 2003 on august 28th at 1 30 p.m um this pizzeria called mama mia's pizzeria uh they got a call from a payphone at a nearby gas station so the owner of the pizzeria couldn't understand what the person on the other line was saying so he gave the phone to um the victim of this case or i don't know if you can call a victim the reason why i'm going to deep dive into it after um but uh for now we're just going to call him the victim uh the victim of this case brian wells um he was a delivery driver he's been with that company for over 30 years uh you know he was a high school dropout and i guess he just wanted to do pizza he just wanted he just wanted to uh deliver pizza so um you know he couldn't the owner couldn't understand um the other person on the phone so he told brian hey um can you see what they want or if they're trying to order so eventually they um ordered two pizzas and they wanted them to get delivered to the address of 8631 peach street now this is in erie pennsylvania and i guess that address um it was a few miles away from the pizzeria but it was an address to a location of a transmitting tower uh for a radio station um the only thing is is that this radio station was pretty much in the middle of nowhere it was like on a long dirt road uh it was really far away and um not necessarily somewhere you'd probably deliver a pizza you know i mean everybody delivers it to you know different spots i guess you'd say but it, it was kind of out of the ordinary but brian wells didn't think anything of it he's like you know what i'll go you know deliver the pizza whatever so um 
upon the, uh you know arriving to the location um wells you know found out that uh he wasn't really delivering pizza well he was but that's not what he thought was going to happen um what happened was um in his own uh words to police is that um three african-american males grabbed him um kind of you know beat him up a little bit and they put a collar bomb on his neck now um obviously we can't show you guys the picture of the bomb because we're talking to you on a podcast but um i suggest you go on google um after this episode and look at it this literally looks like something out of the movie saw um and what made this case so popular um at that time as i said you know it it really gained popularity after the documentary series but because of how bizarre it was you know you hear about bank robberies you hear about murders you hear about you know all that stuff but a collar bomb is something that you only really hear about on tv and movies and the way that they did this was it almost looked like a big um handcuff and it went around his neck it had a timer on it as well um, as a remote detonator so they can set it off whenever they wanted to. Um, And it had pipe bombs uh, attached to it as well. So they put the collar bomb on his neck and they instructed him to go to a, uh, a bank. Now, the other problem is, is they told him, go to the bank. You're going to go in there. You're going to get, you're going to like take $25,000 for us. And um, we're going to give you a cane. But the walking cane was actually a shotgun. The shotgun was disguised to be a walking cane, and it was fully functional. Um, law enforcement found out that the the firearm was fully functional, and if he did use it, he would have been able to use it. Um, so he went into the bank, you know, told them, "Hey, um, you know, help me." He, and there was a note. They also gave him like a ransom note, like, "Listen." Put twenty five thousand dollars in a bag, unmarked bills. You know, the the whole nine that you're gonna see in any typical like bank movie type thing right so he went in there um and when they got there i'm assuming like you know the the bank tellers and everything they hit a panic button police arrived immediately um and obviously that spooked wells uh because you know he was doing this and i i feel like the reason why um he went through with it is obviously you have a bomb attached to your neck but there's actually another conspiracy theory to that which we'll get to in a minute but um you know he he ran immediately out of the bank um and was surrounded by police where he was sitting down they were telling him like keep your hands up and everything and he was shouting at them like hey i have a bomb on my neck um you know please help me please help me please help me he was like screaming uh there's also footage on youtube as well um of wells you know yelling and screaming like for help and everything um and one thing that was kind of weird but you know it, it's kind of a, a gray line because obviously law enforcement they have different protocols if um you know like uh somebody has a bomb or especially like a bomb on their neck in this case um where you know they'll call a bomb squad or they're hesitant they'll keep a fair space away from where the bomb is at uh so you know they didn't know if it was a trap or you know something um so they they just kept uh, guns drawn on him and uh eventually you know the bomb went off um people on the internet say that it killed him instantly it did not um he still did pass away from his injuries but essentially what happened is when the bomb went off it almost cut his neck um and then you know it, it wasn't like something in a cartoon or something where his head like you know decapitated essentially but the bombs went off um it injured his neck 
to the point where you know he he passed away ultimately um but uh that you know that happened and right after that there really wasn't a lot told there wasn't really a lot um you know spoken on it so people were all like okay like that happened so what's next like you know uh, who did this what was this a whole you know um it, it, it was crazy so and what was even crazier is after the bomb went off they arrested him even though he, you know he was deceased and everything and they left him sitting on the ground in the the parking lot and everything so you know the officers didn't even attempt to disarm the device at all um you know their biggest focus was just clearing that area and everything um and then when the bomb squad actually arrived the bomb was already detonated you know it, it already went off um so it it kind of defeated the purpose but like i said you know the protocol is different um you know and, and it was completely you know like i said it it was one of those things where people were all like, why didn't the police act on it? And, you know, there were, there was so much buzz and media going on um, about it where people were just like, why wasn't something done sooner? And it was simply for the fact is that like, you know, they wanted to keep the civilians safe. They didn't know that, you know, this was going to, to lead to that. And, you know, it, it was just so much, so much. So getting into why this happened who did it um you know and it, it's it's crazy so this whole entire crime has so many conspiracies to it okay um there are people that went to prison for this however it's in a way still unsolved because we don't know if brian wells agreed to it meaning beforehand hey i'll wear this fake yeah that's right people think that if he was in on it which a lot of people do um they told him hey we're gonna put a fake collar bomb on you you're gonna go in there and everything act like a victim get the money bounce you know um and it wasn't until the day of when they put it on him and he knew he was it was real he was just like oh crap so people think that brian wells was actually in on it they think that he was in on it to, you know, obviously get the money and everything, um, not knowing that the actual the bomb on his neck was going to be, you know, legit, that it was going to be real. So um, the masterminds behind this was someone by the name of Marjorie Armstrong and Kenneth Barnes. Now, this crime happened in 2003, and they weren't charged with the crime until 2007. Um, and, you know, the whole investigation determined the plot was masterminded by, uh, you know, Marjorie. And um, her main thing was that she wanted to receive an inheritance by killing um, the other uh, mastermind of this plot, Kenneth Barnes. Um, with the money from the bank robbery to kill her father. Um, that to me is absolutely insane is they wanted this money so that they, you know, could essentially, I guess, use it so she can get the inheritance from her father by killing her father. 
and that alone which is crazy and apparently with a bunch of interviews i mean you could even watch this docuseries with a bunch of interviews and everything um she said like oh she, she, and she was changing her story a lot too was she saying oh i didn't know um brian oh brian you know wasn't that close to me blah blah, blah. she kept changing it up it, it wasn't a very consistent but she would blame it on her bipolar disorder um which i feel like really didn't have anything to do with it you know it, it kind of contradicts whether it's like okay was she telling the truth was she lying and obviously she was lying but what truth out of what she was saying was actually the truth um you know and so she wanted to get that inheritance from her father by killing her and um there was just so many like just crazy things about this that just really didn't make sense like there was other people in it um that you know were in it and they were supposedly in it but the thing is is that their alibis and stories i mean had nothing to do with the pizza color bomb yet marjorie was always saying like oh no was that person was in it this person was in it and everything and they weren't even they weren't accomplices they weren't nothing you know um it was just such a crazy you know weird story that i wanted to bring to you guys just because it was just like one of those things where it's like you hear about a, a bomb and it's like okay but a bomb strapped to somebody's neck now that might have happened you know in you know the history or of true crime or whatever but the way it was constructed and everything was crazy like i said you guys gotta see the picture of it um online because there is a picture of it uh like an evidence photo of the bomb and it was just so weird it looked like a huge handcuff that went around him it looks like something you'd see it like i said out of the movie saw like it just never looked like like i don't know like whoever constructed it um which supposedly was kenneth barnes or one of their friends um they obviously knew what they were doing uh you know to make something that was gonna work um but better yet to make something that was going to go off and there's so many stories where even though people some people will say oh it's solved these people did it it's still unsolved to me i feel like it's still unsolved um at least a lot of the details are missing from this case because um like i said some people think oh brian did it some people think that you know he did it because he was in on it uh he was gonna act like the victim but it wasn't until they put the real thing on him that he knew like oh crap um but they said he tried to back out of it until they put the bomb on him um some people said that it wasn't marjorie you know it, it's just a fine gray line where it's just like who do you believe in a scenario like this um but you know enough of me blabbering i i do want to get into my brother's um case because i'm really excited to see what he's going to talk about um but what do you what do you think about like the the pizza color bomb thing like that honestly seems something straight out of a movie or a cartoon even yeah. like honestly that doesn't even seem real the fact that they were able to make a color bomb and a uh, shotgun cane. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like that. That's why this case like really grew the media attention, especially with the, the docuseries and everything. It's just because like it it's so mind blowing because it sounds like my brother said it sounds like something out of a movie. You have a cane disguised as a shotgun or a shotgun disguised as a can, excuse me. And then you have somebody with a collar bomb on their neck and everything. Like it just sounds like something you would see in like in a TV show or a, or an action movie or something, but for it to be in real life and to be a working shotgun in a working collar bomb is just, 
you never hear of anything like that ever so that's why like this story i wanted to talk about is just because it's so crazy like it it's absolutely insane the lengths people are willing to go for to rob a bank i mean like that is so crazy you know like they thought about the details they're like okay we're gonna do this we're gonna do that and everything uh you know it, it's absolutely insane um but not like i said enough of me blabbering um, i'm gonna give the mic to my brother and uh he's gonna tell us his true crime roulette story so my story is still unsolved it's not totally there's a lot of coincidences of what could have happened but there's still like a question out there of what actually happened mm -hmm. so this takes place in january 20 on journey 26 2013 um it was a 21-year-old girl, a Canadian student, who disappeared in 2013 at the Cecil Hotel in downtown LA while she was traveling across the U.S. Security camera footage of Elisa was filmed with her erratic behavior with her hand movements in the uh, elevator, mm -hmm. and everyone wondered what happened. How did she vanish? Uh, when the LA re uh, when the LA police released the investigation, mm -hmm. when it was released by the LA police during their investigation, the elevators didn't close. And people were going bonkers over this. They realized that the timestamp didn't match up to what the actual time was. And they realized that it was blurred. Almost like somebody tampered with this tape. And they realized that when the doors were going to close, there was a couple seconds missing and the doors were already halfway closed. So people were wondering, did somebody tamper with this tape? Or did somebody or a maintenance man manager like take the tape and cut it or edit it a little bit? And they realized what actually happened. People didn't know if she was kidnapped or killed. Later, they had found her in the water tank, and the people still wondered how she got there. When they, f when the maintenance manager found her, the door was closed. So they wondered if she did it or somebody else did it. That's crazy. So I think the case you're talking about, there's security footage on it. I know, um, and it's almost like something's chasing her, but you don't see like what's chasing her or anything like that. I think she's like running down a hallway. She runs into like an elevator and like. Somebody, I think somebody was saying like she was on meds too. Like she was like, she was like schizophrenic meds. I could be wrong, but I, I do know, I think she was like on medication and stuff like that, but she's like frantically like looking outside of the elevator, like to see if like somebody's chasing her, but that's where like the camera footage cuts. Cause you don't know if anybody chased her. You don't know if, you know, if anybody did what, but that is crazy too. So like they found her in like a water tank or like, yeah. So there was four water tanks on top of the roof and she was almost in the corner. So but she, the doors always locked to the roof, uh -huh. so they don't know how she got up there. But they had a dog. They brought a dog there to like sniff where she could have been, because they know she never left the hotel. Mm -hmm. So they brought a dog, and they let the dog led them to a fire escape window. Mm -hmm. So they think she either climbed the fire escape to go to the roof, yeah. or somebody had to take her. But when they found her in the water tank, she was completely naked, uh -huh. and her clothes were in the water tank as well. So they don't know. She did have bipolar ish like disorder. Okay. So they don't know if that had something to do with it. Yeah. But it was just it's just crazy the fact that they don't know there's no handprints at all, like either on the lid, besides the maintenance manager actually putting his hands on there. Yeah. But they just don't know. There's so many conspiracy theories about what actually happened. Mm -hmm. And there was a theory about some metalhead named Morbid that had a, a couple song lyrics that was kinda coincidental to what Elisa's story was. Yeah. And they think that he could have killed her, but he posted a video on YouTube of him at the Cecil Hotel and people thought 
he definitely killed her. Mm-hmm. And he, they realized that he posted that video like three years before she was even there. So people were making death threats, telling them that telling him that they want to kill him and that he should speak up and not like keep it. And he re- and he was trying to tell everybody that he didn't do it, which he didn't because he was there three years before anything even happened. Yeah. And he posted the video probably later, but it was just crazy. That's insane. So. I'm assuming he's not like a, a popular artist or anything like that, but like probably like an indie songwriter. So he made lyrics about it. Do you know like what he said or like? He said something about like a China girl and some other stuff, but it, yeah. it was almost like he was hinting to what happened, but people really thought he did it. And he would post videos of him with uh, makeup on uh-huh and like blood coming out of his mouth and he would have pictures of, like ted bundy behind him and like a bunch of killers so everybody thought they had reasonable like suspicion to actually say that he did it when i mean he didn't but it was really coincidental that's crazy to me like how you're gonna make the song I, obviously i guess the guy got cleared of it and everything but like how could you make something so similar to the actual murder that happened three years later you know what i mean like you know that's absolutely crazy how that is so weird you know i i've heard about everything that's happened to cecil um you know and just a little thing that i want to share with you guys myself um and my brother um and miss horror cave as well we went to la uh gosh maybe what would you say about maybe like a month ago but yeah about a month ago um you know we were driving through la because we had to run some errands and we we literally happened to pass by the cecil hotel um and it was kind of a weird circumstance because we were just driving you know listening to music just talking chilling and i i think i said i was like oh i was like i think the cecil hotel's around here and guys i kid you not like i i've never i've seen it from afar like on the freeway stuff like that but i've never been like right next to it um i mean we didn't get out of the car but we still stayed in the vehicle but i was like i think the cecil hotel is around here and it was literally like right next to us it was like in front of us essentially not in front of us but like on the side but it was like right there you know and it's just like you get the most eerie feeling ever you know if you guys have ever like just seen like an like a, a an abandoned building or just like you know you get like a gut feeling that something is off about that place and i can't tell you guys how creepy that building is i don't know if they're i i'm assuming that they're trying to renovate it or something like that but it is so so creepy and i know there's been like so many deaths in that place like murders people overdosing on drugs um and how my brother was mentioning the lisa lamp case like there is so many crazy things so many conspiracies um about the entire hotel and everything people even saying that it's haunted with uh ghosts like that's absolutely insane i mean that's crazy do you think you would ever go to the the cecil inside definitely not inside it's way better outside (laughs) i don't i don't think i could ever go inside of the the hotel even just to like say that i went inside of it um (laughs) because that that is super super crazy like i said guys you would have to see it like just to be outside of that hotel it's so creepy like it's just something is super super off about it but like i don't know like what what do you think like in your gut like 
besides the facts and everything from the case, what do you think actually like happened to her? Do you think somebody killed her? Do you think she did it herself? Like, now there's a lot of things that actually really could have happened. Mm -hmm. Honestly, I think maybe she happened to do it herself because of maybe like the medicine she was taking. But there is a, like a Japanese film that came out way before she even before this case even happened about a little girl that was wearing a red like jacket, just like she was wearing in the video or the security cam footage that and she actually died in the water tank she fell in the water tank and died just like elisa lamb what the heck now there's a lot of like conspiracy theories and a lot of coincidences actually happen and like there's a tuberculosis like medicine i guess mm -hmm. or a shot test or whatever like but treatment type thing yeah but it's elisa lamb backwards so lamb elisa what? and people are wondering like did the government send her for tuberculosis like experiment like to give people tuberculosis in the water tank and even people are like when she when when nobody even found her and they knew she was in there like people were even saying that their water was like turning kind of brown and they were brushing her teeth with it showering drinking it and people just said it had a horrible taste and i was just wondering like why would you even drink the water if it had a brown tint to it yeah that's oh that's so gross i'm assuming like it could have been just like her body decomposing or blood or something. But like, I don't know who know who's to say, like, obviously, you know, they can't, they'll never know just because, you know, she's passed away. But, you know, if she was bipolar, maybe she's taking medications and I don't know, maybe she, she watched that film or something or something just made her trip. But the thing that too doesn't make sense is I remember when I heard about this a long time ago, they said that the lid is super heavy on that water tank. Like it's not a one man job. Like nobody could just pull it off like nothing. And especially close it on themselves. You know what I mean? So it's like, that's what makes this case so weird. Cause I don't think she'd be able, especially like, cause you guys got to think too, if this was in a water tank, she doesn't have anything. She like, she's not standing on the floor. She's in water. So how is she gonna be able to lift that tank? And like, you know, like that is absolutely insane. Like that's crazy. I, I don't, I don't know. It's crazy. And it, the crazy thing about it is that the police searched the roof actually way before searching if they can find any clues and they, didn't really check the water tank so she was in there the time they were actually searching the roof and they didn't find anything so they didn't they had like a a helicopter with the spotlight so they can mm -hmm. see everything and they still didn't find anything they even checked her room all they found was like her stuff mm -hmm. and her medicine for her bipolar and they thought maybe somebody killed her but there's so many conspiracy theories about what actually happened that it's hard not to believe them all it's crazy because I think like the biggest thing, especially with like these conspiracy theories on this case is like, you don't know what happened, but it's like one of these things that's true. Like, okay, the lid was closed on her. She wasn't able to lift it on herself. That means somebody did it, you know, or in the security footage, she's running, she's frantic. Somebody's chasing her or, you know, but the thing is, we don't know the camera footage cut off right when she went up in the elevator there was no footage of security cameras on top of the roof you know it's that's absolutely insane it's so bizarre too so so bizarre um and that's such a crazy case but on that note we're gonna end true crime roulette there um we've been wanting to put this out for a cool minute and finally able to do so um and even though i haven't been able to get a guest on i am actually currently in the works um in contact with one um 
but they're just busy doing a bunch of conventions. So I am hoping soon that I can get them on. Um, you guys are going to go crazy uh, because it'd be a huge special guest. I mean, it would be absolutely insane. But um, currently working on that. I'm hoping, I'm hoping, like I said, I'm hoping to get the, the Horror Cave merch store up in September. There's no guarantees um, at all just because if you know if any of you guys have ever done a merch shop or like an etsy shop or anything it takes a lot of work um and especially you know already having like a busy work schedule everything it's kind of hard just to figure out okay and then not only that figuring out places where to get things i did find a spot finally to get horror cave stickers made i got them made in the past but i wanted to go to somebody that um you know their work was just really good uh, you know, good quality and everything. I want to make sure to get the best quality for you guys um, and everything. And like I said, I'm not making the merch store for a profit or anything like that. I just because I know a lot of you guys want shirts, stickers, keychains, all that stuff. Um, I still haven't found anybody to make the shirts. Uh, I'm still working on that. But if I can at least get the stickers up on there, um, maybe some other stuff, uh, you know, because I know you guys really want that stuff. And um, I'm going to do it at the best price possible. Like I said, I'm not looking for no profit um, or anything like that. I just, I want to make this stuff because I know you guys really want it. Um, and I don't know if any of you guys have seen my recent story from a couple days ago, but I am currently working on a design. Um, essentially, it's finished. Um, I just got to get them, uh, you know, printed and uh, made into stickers. But um, for those of you who don't know, the second or the two-year anniversary of the horror cave podcast is coming up in september um it's right around the corner because it's going to be next month i'm super excited uh miss horror cave actually has a really fun idea for that episode for the two-year anniversary um because the two-year anniversary happens to be on september 27th so i'm not going to say what it is because i know she wants to keep it a surprise till then um but she is going to be on that episode so that's going to be really exciting. Um, and she has something really awesome planned. Uh, and I'm excited for it because I've never done anything like it. So that's going to be really, really cool. Um, so we have that in the works. The two-year anniversary stickers I have in the works. Um, so once I get those, those might even be the very first thing that might go on the merch shop. You know, um, unless I can get all the other stuff up. I'm hoping to have everything all up at once. Um, but it might be piece by piece, you know, as I'm slowly getting stuff uh, situated, uh, making sure that we have stickers and all that stuff. But um, those are going to be super, super limited. Um, when I say limited, I think I'm literally only going to get 25 of them done. Um, the reason being, it might be 30, I'm not sure. But when I know the exact number, I will let you guys know. The reason being is because I want them to be exclusive stickers. Um almost like Funko Pops and stuff like that. Um, I'm going to be making stickers also for the seasons. Um, if you guys didn't see already, Miss Horror Cave debuted the Halloween Horror Cave logo. Um, it's essentially the Horror Cave bat and everything, but it's orange. Um, and then there's like a pumpkin in the middle and everything. It's a really awesome logo. Um, I designed it a while back and um, she wanted to do it on the shirt. So she made a shirt with it on it. Um, all by hand, by the way. So shout out to, to Miss Horror Cave. Um, She's super creative and I love her to death, but she made that logo on a t-shirt and it came out really nice. So on a sticker, I can only imagine how cool it's going to look. Um, so we have those in the works to get stickers done. Um, there is also going to be more um, 
I'm calling them season stickers, but they're also going to be exclusive. They're going to be super limited. So once they're gone, they're going to be gone like forever. I don't mean to sound dramatic, but they're going to be gone like forever. I'm not going to do them again. And if I do another season sticker, the sticker will be different. It'll be a different, you know, if we did orange, you know, this year, next year, it'll be something different for Halloween. It'll still be Halloween related, but it'll be a different logo so that, you know, each sticker is going to be different. Um, but like I said, I have the two year anniversary ones that I'm working on. Um, hoping to get the Halloween ones done for uh, October. And um, of course, just the standard red logo. I know a lot of you guys want that too, um, as well as keychains um, and all that other good stuff. So I have all of that in the works. That's going to be really exciting. I can't wait to, to get all that stuff out. And then, like I said, I will post once the, the merch shop is fully open um, and up, and then you guys can start ordering and everything. Um, but before I end this episode, um, I want to give a shout out once again to my brother uh, for, for joining me on and telling me his true crime roulette story uh, and give him also a shout out. Uh, do you want to tell them like your social medias and you know where to find you on uh, on all that stuff? Yeah, so I have a uh, TikTok and Instagram. It's NRC Racing. Um, yeah, I post like RC content and stuff. Really cool. Yeah, guys. So make sure to go check him out. Um, I post him every here and there on my story. Um, but you can follow him on it's the same username for both, right? Yeah. So on Instagram and TikTok, it's N underscore RC underscore racing. Um, go check him out. Fun fact, I also designed his logo. So that's really cool. But um, yeah, make sure to go check him out. Go show him some love. Follow him on TikTok. Follow him on Instagram. Let him know that the Horror Cave sent you. And uh, on that note, we will see you guys on the next one. Bye-bye.